This episode is brought to you by Focusrite. Focusrite is one of the premier audio recording manufacturers, and their Scarlet range of USB interfaces are the best-selling in the world. So if you're looking to get your home studio set up, check out the Scarlet 18i20 interface, which has eight mic pre's built into it. You can also expand it via ADAT light pipe. Add additional mic pre's if you want to get something like the Scarlet Octopre, which will give you then 16 channels. So again, if you're looking to get your home studio going, definitely check out Focusrite's Scarlet range. And for now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to episode 100 and lots of the Modern Drummer Podcast episode with Mike what? and Mike. 100 and lots. I don't remember what episode it is. What is it, 164, it was almost episode zero, should we go ahead and say? Say that, no, I don't think we should say. I think we should just jump right in and we don't need to talk about... God, that record button is so hard to push sometimes. All right, mine is recording. All right, this is good. We're good. We are good, <laughs> and it is time to go. What episode is this? 165, I think. Yeah. All right, check this out. You ready? Yep. There it goes. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 165 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. My name is Mike Johnston, that giggling boy over there. That's Michael Dawson, I'm managing editor of Modern Drummer Magazine. <laughs> and we have lots to get to. We're going to be talking somber rhythms. With an educational artist from Kiko Freitas, an amazing drummer that I hope all of you will check out. He will definitely be a featured drummer in the future. Our featured drummer this time, though, is Rich Redmond from Jason Aldean's band. And then we have some amazing Peisty cymbals to check out. But let's talk about that intro groove, because holy crap, not only was the groove rad, but how it was made was even cooler. Yeah, Michael Reichman, our, uh, one of our listeners over in Austria. So go to YouTube and search Mojo Rhythm. That's his channel. The video that uh, accompanies our intro beat is titled Next One Hyphen Drum Playthrough. Uh, he's using a homemade, basically, snare drum pad. So he's got a practice pad, one of those piece sort of Remo style practice pads. He put a contact mic on it. And he's running it through an iPad app called Mira, M-I-R-A, that's basically letting him switch the snare drum sample. So it's acoustic, kick, and toms and cymbals with this strange homemade uh, snare drum pad. Sounds pretty cool. And I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, what more would you want out of a triggering surface? It's giving him the feel that he wants because it's got a mylar head, and he's, he's set, man. And the fact that he's changing the triggers... And you can see on his iPad app, like, it's such an obvious, I'm going to this one, I'm going to this one. There are these huge buttons, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, so check it out. So thank you, Michael, for the beat. Um, you know, I just realized we, we we were talking some crap on the remote practice pads before you hit record, and that was probably a good, whoa, a good whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. We were, I was saying that that pad, if you guys know what I'm talking about, it's the one, and a few different companies make it, but I think Remo became very famous for making it. And it it feels great, but I was saying when I worked in retail and parents would go to grab that thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like 
It's got a mylar head, like a real drum head, which is amazing. And then it's got this huge plastic rim around it. And then it's got screws. So you can actually kind of tighten and loosen the mylar head. Once again, amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, parents would come into the shop that I was working at, uh, Drum and Guitar City, and they'd immediately go to that one because it just kind of looked like a practice pad to parents. <laughs> and I would say, whoa, we don't have a drum kit in the shop that is as loud as that practice pad. That thing, I've always called it the shotgun pad. It in as far as being a drummer playing on a pad, it's a rad pad. But yeah. it, most yeah. of us get a pad so that we can stop bothering our neighbors. Yeah. yeah. So it, it kind of falls short on that <laughs> on that part. And you were saying you had the whole kit. I had it. the whole kit. And I remember, um, there, I think those pads are perfect for school, like like elementary school, yeah. middle school band, because you get real sound out of it. You can get real buzz rolls. Yes. You can get real rim shots. And so we had, once a week, we would go, the percussion section would go into one of those soundproof rooms. <laughs> right. You would have and to like, have for that practice pad. Yeah, and then we'd have six or eight of us. I don't remember how many. We'd all have these pads, and we'd be playing through the Alfred Drum Method book. And I just remember it, at some point, inevitably, one of the kids would start just crushing rim shots on that right. thing. It's got a <laughs> rim. Everybody'd be like, yeah, it works, man. It's, it's loud. Yeah. But it was good for that ensemble, like to get a bunch of drummers in a room. Not so good at home when I had the whole kit and my parents were downstairs trying to watch TV and all they heard and was... And they were like, why don't we just have him play the kit? The kit at least is musical. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is that was the best representation, no matter who makes it, of if I can do it on this, I can do it on a snare drum. Because I had the same thing when I was in school band. Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't do a double stroke roll on that, I couldn't do it on a snare drum. And so yeah, it was true. great. And especially, like I said, once you learned that loosening those screws would loosen the head a little bit, then I could really, I would let my stick bounce on my snare drum and just, duh, 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 duh. and then I would do it to the pad and I would just adjust them until they were the same. Dig it. So again, thanks, Boom. Michael, for the beat. Um, yes. Thanks for taking us down memory road. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely check out his YouTube channel. It's Mojo Space Rhythm. Yep. And you can see him actually doing this. And seeing it makes it even cooler than just hearing it. Right on. So let's get in. So you're done with camp season, right? Where we I at? am done with camp season, and now I'm getting ready. I'm doing the practice that I need to do so I can head out of town for my last trip. So mm. I've got – let's see here. Um, I'm headed to Poland for the Slotsky Drum Festival, which I'm super pumped. I get to play with Josh Dion again. I cool. just played with him. Uh, but there's a difference between playing with him in the U.K. at the U.K. Drum Show, and it's just both of us are in and out. It, there's a huge difference between that and then we are the only two American drummers on the show. That mm. means we get bonding time because yeah, we're the only ones that are going to speak English. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, get to spend some more time with him. And honestly, when I was looking at the the poster of the thing, I don't really know a lot of these drummers. So I'm, I'm really excited to get to know some of these Polish drummers who maybe have never made it over here to America or just haven't been covered by American media or haven't blown up on Instagram. So I'm excited about that. I'm assuming there's going to be some double pedal involved. Hey, yeah, I uh, think so. <laughs> just from looking at the kits, looking at uh, the dress, I, I'm, I'm stereotyping the drummers. I'm like, I think they're into metal. So uh, that should be fun. And the good thing about that, when you go in knowing there's going to be almost a theme and you're not part of that theme to me that's a good thing because after three or four metal drummers it'll be a breath of fresh air to hear josh dion sing or to hear me teach or whatever uh so i'm going to do poland on november 11th translator or you expecting english to be kind of second Uh, language there i'm sure they'll provide me a translator but i will i will know right away whether i'll need it or not yeah Um, 
Everyone I've ever met from Poland had great English, so I'm not yeah. too worried about that. Uh, I I'm planning on teaching my normal clinic. I'm not. Right. It's not the same as Asia, where I'm modifying it for shorter sentences. I'm really uh, curious so because yeah. um, I have two neighbors that are Polish um, Polish immigrants, and one of them is a you know used to play drums, and the other one, his brother, is a professional drummer in Poland. So either I have a skewed perspective of what's happening in Poland, but it seems like everyone plays drums in Poland. Because <laughs> <laughs> my two neighbors like the drums. And, and his and my one neighbor whose brother is a professional, I mean, he was like, yeah, he plays drums professionally. He knew Modern Drummer, and then he showed me some oh, video, wow. and I'm like, dang, he's not a professional. He's playing, like, freaking arenas, like, professional. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's... It's funny. We think, oh, he's doing club gigs at night. Yeah. It's like, no, he's doing arenas. Yeah, they have a big scene there. So it should be really cool. I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. Then I fly to Germany. I've got four dates in Germany on November 13th. If you are in Germany, I'll just run the dates for you. November 13th, I'll be in Hamburg at Just Music. Uh, November 14th, the next day I'll be in Cologne, Germany at Drum Center. Then on the 15th, super excited about this, I get to go to the home school of Benny Greb. Ghost cool. Nickel and Annika Nillis. So on the 15th, I'll be in Mannheim at Pop Academy. On the 16th, I'll be in Fellbach at Soundland. And then uh, I fly to Spain. And then on the 18th, I'll be at the Altisia, or Altisa Drum Fest in Zamora, Spain. And then I'm done for the year. Well, except for I've got a clinic coming up at uh, Salt City Drums in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> but then I'm done. By the well. way... <laughs> I did just get a – where is it? Just got nominated for um, – oh, oh, cool. I just found out I got two nominations from uh, Rhythm Magazine in the UK. I got Best Online Drum Personality. Interesting. And uh, Best Clinician. I didn't know that Best Online Drum Personality was a category, but I'm stoked. So if you are in the UK right now and you are a fan of Music Radar slash Rhythm Magazine, I would uh, appreciate a little clickety-clack. For those two categories, well, I'll take best clinician. You can give somebody else best online drum personality. You're I'm kind of a moron. A personality. You're, you're a personality. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm the absence of personality. I'm the black hole of personality. Hey, I'm the coffee. You're the cream. I come in with all the caffeine. 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 You know what? I'm memorizing all this, uh, and I'm coming in with the caffeine. I'm going to vote and then for you, you are today. The <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. How's basic practice going? Uh, I think I'm all set. I'm kind of stopped. I've I've got the ideas are in the back of my head. I'm not freaking out about it. The one thing yeah, I'm, I'm 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 kind of toying with is how do I start the freaking thing? Like, what do I do? Yeah. You and definitely please do yourself a favor and plan that out. Yeah. Either you walk out, they applaud, and before the applause dies, there's already drums happening, or you walk out to the front of the stage and you start your shtick. Yeah. Or, you know, what, what to me, what goes bad is when you walk out, sit down on the kit, and that's when you realize there's no mic, there's no boom stand, <laughs> right. and it's just, it's just this, like, 38 seconds that feels like 38 minutes. So, so what's your opinion? So I'm not in the, the, the quote-unquote performance hall. I'm in the yeah. smaller master classroom. Yep. And nothing that I'm presenting is, is performance-based. It's all practice techniques. Right. I'm thinking I should come out and just start talking and explain I, it I and agree. then go right into it rather than try to play a solo. that I, I mean, it's not the point. It's not to play solos. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that one thing that would be great would be to instead of walk and get on the kit and start talking, I would probably have a, a wireless and walk in front of the kit like mm-hmm. a presenter and just say, hey, guys, what's up? If you don't know, I'm Mike Dawson from Modern Drummer Magazine, but I've been playing drums my whole life. Give them like maybe 30 to 40 seconds of backstory for the people that are in the room that don't really know who you are or yeah. that only know that you work for Modern Drummer, but they don't know that you're a player. You, right. know, you, you can't assume that everyone's seen your Instagram videos. So you give them a, the quickest backstory possible. And then I would say, I would actually, not in a cocky way, but say I've kind of become known for a few things. Uh, and really, I wasn't trying to be known for them. I ju- they were just the things that I practiced. So I want to show you guys how I practice them. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then just like Phil Collins in, in the air tonight, he's 98 feet away from the kit. But the fill is 22 seconds away, and I don't know how he's going to cover that ground. So usually, that's always like I'm always sauntering over to the kit, and by the time that I've made cheek to throne contact, butt cheek that is, there's a note. So it's like and so yeah, it's all planned out. <laughs> you oh, can be goodness. more casual than that. That room honestly provides a casual nature. When I did the the one that you were there for, the performance in the main hall, that doesn't provide – I don't know if you remember, but the way I tried to create a sense of relaxation was I invited everyone into the room 20 minutes early to warm up with me. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I was sitting right. on the stage with everybody. We were a family. And then I got off the stage for two minutes. They announced me and I walked out and we were already friends. So. Yeah. Some, uh, and that was because I was worried. I mean, that was years ago, four or five years ago, and I was very worried that I couldn't get them on board with being my friend quick enough. Uh, in that that situation, those lights, those red curtains, that's a very just serious room, and I wanted to break that ice. Yeah. But you're in a room that provides like, hey, man, this could be a cafeteria. This could be whatever. We're just we're just bros hanging out. So I think you'll have a good time, man. You'll crush so it. So I do have um, anyone who's coming to pace. Like I'm going to have some special merch that I just got. Uh, I just got an advanced photo of. I have some custom made drum tacks with my logo on it. That's going to be shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have those. That's there. rad. Super cool. I'm super stoked. JC from Drum Tacks kind of surprised me with a photo the other day. Like, hey, I'm going to make a bunch of these for you. I'm like, okay, cool. That's really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So come to pace it, get a free drum tech, hang out, and I'll watch me trip over my tongue and try to play some stuff. <laughs> no, no. No, no. <laughs> you guys, you get out there and you support Mr. Dawson. It's going to be amazing. My is on Thursday the 15th at noon, so All right. be there Let's, early. That's as much double mic promoting themselves <laughs> as anyone can handle. Let's talk some drums. So let's talk about samba rhythm stuff. Um, first of all, Kiko Freitas, if you guys don't know who he is, please check him out. Thank you. 
I really I remember finding him in the early YouTube days, and there was like a video of him in a looked like a cave somewhere. I don't know where it was, but oh, was he was that like in like a cave practice room or something weird like that. No, no, it was a performance. Okay. Uh, but it was it was it was it looked like it was a very hip jazz club, and okay. the stage was almost shaped like a little cave. But I remember he was playing with a a fusion trio, and I was just blown away. And it was it was a fusion trio that was so fusion. I didn't, I couldn't tell you where he was from or what he was into. It was just mm-hmm. he was a pro drummer. I honestly, it reminded me a lot of Will Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, just a like, smoothness kind of that I had. Yeah, infused. just I like drums. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and I just remember thinking, who is this guy, and how have I not heard of him? So, like I said, we'll go into him personally at a later date where he will be a featured artist because I think Mike and I are both fans of his. But let's talk yeah. about this article. Yeah, so we're cracking open the December issue. If you have your copy, or if you haven't yet, you should be getting it soon. Uh, Kiko, we reached out to him to see if he would write a bunch of articles for us on samba rhythms because he is, in my opinion, the a premier authority on the topic of Brazilian samba drum set rhythms. Uh, so the first part, uh, he goes straight into talking about the small drum, which I think sometimes we overlook, called the timbre rim, which is really the drum that creates all the syncopated accent patterns that we mimic right. when we're playing a jazz samba or something. So he starts out by giving you uh, the basic timbre rim pattern. But right in example number two, he got me. So he says, play the syncopated pattern. So it's one, two. uh, uh, But can you sing the downbeats while you're playing that? And immediately I'm like, nope, I cannot. (laughs) Right away. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's so tempting to try it, but it's also so... It's a career preserving to not try it. Yep. But that's it. And then from there, it gets even worse. So example three, he says, sing the E's and then sing the ands and then sing the us. So he's really kind of reinforcing this concept of you have to be aware of where all these syncopated patterns land against the downbeat and also how they intertwine with all the offbeats that are going to be played by other instruments. So just right. right there, example one, two, and three, I'm like, okay, I've got a week of pretty hard practice to do here. Jeez. Now, what's happening in four? I'm seeing all these new one-bar patterns show yeah. up. So then he Are starts – so that – example one is that tambourine pattern, which, again, that's a small drum you play with like a little thin stick. It's that real high articulate sound when you think of traditional samba. Yep. And then he starts adding what would be the snare drum patterns on a, like a traditional street samba. These would be the accents that the snare drummer would be playing. Oh, So the tambourine gotcha. part becomes the ride cymbal, bell, rim, whatever you want. And okay. then these these patterns he gives you in example four are what you play against that on the snare drum. All wow. of that over top of the traditional samba feel and the feet. Yeah, I was going to say, and then, yeah, once we get to number six, it looks like we're bringing in the what we, we in America consider to be samba, which is just right. anytime your feet go doom, da doom, da doom, da doom. Like, yeah, man. I'm going to fly to Brazil tomorrow. So in just 11 or, you know, it's give or take, it's probably closer to 20 if you add up all the separate examples. But in these 20 examples, I think he's given us a solid six months of samba content to practice. Because the hi-hat part for the left foot changes from downbeats to offbeats to close splash on the downbeat to plan a like a Brazilian clave pattern. So you've got four different foot left foot ostinatos. You've got three different bass drum ostinatos. And then this wicked timbre 
figure and then all these snare drum parts to put on top of it. It's basically like new breed for Samba, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If, if any of you are listening right now and you're thinking, ah, I'm, I'm a rock drummer, I'm a funk drummer, do not ignore this stuff. Samba and the basics of Samba and Chuck Silverman's books, that was my introduction to four-way independence. That's mm-hmm, how I learned sure. that all four limbs could do something independently. And I remember getting through the basics of Samba independence is what gave me the confidence that I could do anything if I just had enough time. Because it was something that was absolutely impossible. It could not be done. I chipped away at it one note at a time, and then I could do it. And then from that moment on, I was probably 15 or 16 when my private teacher, when I stepped up to like private drum teachers that cared about you individually instead of just music store teacher guy. Mm. But, you know, really like, okay, you're studying with me now and you're going to have to go through this no matter what. And I remember this, I just thought, I don't think I'm cut out for the drums. Chipped away at one note at a time, eventually could do it. And from that point on, it's always been like, all right, I think I can do this. But I mean, even right now, the one thing I will say though, getting independence doesn't mean you have future independence. So looking at say number eight, if my bass drum had to do one, doom, doom, one, doom, 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 I would have to start with quarter notes with my hands. It'd be yep. starting from scratch. <laughs> That's uh, what I really like about this. I think it's something a few teachers over the years have told me is samba is not a pattern. It's a style and you have to know all the different parts. You have to know totally all the agreed. different instruments and the Cerdo doesn't always play ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Sometimes they play right. heavier on the downbeat or just quarter notes or this kind of these kind of more spacious parts. You have to practice them all. <laughs> Can I – okay, I got to ask you this. When you started learning about this stuff, and I would assume you and I, since we're almost the same age, we probably learned about this stuff around the same time. Go to Tower Records and buy a – now that's what I call Samba – 1996 <laughs> album or whatever <laughs> those it's horrible like compilations music. yeah <laughs> yeah um but you know we, we would look at things it's like well that's got a brazilian flag it's got to be a samba and then even when itunes came along do you remember how hard it was to find one song that actually had doom to doom to doom in it like nothing yeah. had that and yeah. i was like maybe my books are wrong <laughs> and then one out of every 90 tracks had doom to doom to doom and i'm like oh this is it yeah. but i i mean because samba would be in the title of the song yeah, but it and then I would never, never hear it. Yeah, there'd be a whole record with the word samba in the title, and each track would be so completely different. I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. You <laughs> only so heard funny, that man. pattern when it was like Latin jazz guys, like that, right. that had learned the pattern and then turned it into a pattern instead of a style. It, it would be the same as somebody that's never, you know, that, that's never been to America and is just starting out with music and drumming in general in a different country, and they learned our jazz beat. And then they, the first you know, thing we give them is My Favorite Things by John Coltrane. And they go, but it doesn't work. It's like, yeah, sorry, here's take five. This is jazz, but it doesn't work. And it's like, oh, yeah, that ding, jing, ding that's not in everything. And rarely are you going to hear it as ding, jing, ding, jing. That's very rare that you're going to hear that. But it's the jazz beat. Samba's yeah. the same way. You know? yeah, it's, totally. uh, so I, I think this is a great article to get you, even on a physical level, to un- to feel what it feels like to pull all these things off at once, yeah. and I, I think it's also important to know that when you're doing this, even though there are, there are incredible Brazilian drummers and uh, drummers from all over the world that can do this, most of this stuff was created not on a drum set. It was created with 
you go over there and do this, you go over there and do this, yeah. and we'll put it all together. And then we took that and said, I'll do that with my right hand, I'll do that part with my right foot, which makes it as complicated as it is. Yeah, and we're really proud that we've got Kiko, who, again, I feel like he's, there's no more you know, vetted authority on the subject matter. So the patterns he's given us here are things that he actually uses. So definitely Legit. You know, YouTube, Kiko Fritas. It's K-I-K-O-F-R-E-I-T-A-S. Check out any and all of his videos. You're going to you're gonna hear that Brazilian swing, that like rolling egg 16th note feel, mm-hmm. all that subtlety. He's, like Mike said, he's he's one of our favorites, and we definitely will feature him again later. But for now, get busy with these rhythms. Stop playing the dumsh to dumsh to dumsh on everything. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into our featured artist. Our featured artist is another drummer that is probably the most one of the most vetted country drummers in the world, and yep. I would consider Rich Redmond to also just be a fantastic rock drummer, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, he's a great drummer, great educator, great performer. I mean, he's kind of yeah. got he's got it all. Uh, he's very motivational. I mean, that's another Absolutely. key part of his talent is he, no matter what, he just makes you feel excited when he walks in the room. Yeah. I mean, you got to see Rich Redman play a shaker to, to really kind of get right, the whole right, 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 experience. Right. <laughs> Uh, but it's got to have been a tough life. I mean, he's just not a good-looking dude. He's a little <laughs> train-wrecked with the style and the face. I mean, really, how lucky do you need to be, Rich, you freaking male model? My God. 21 number one hits. How about that? Oh, that's that's good for him. Can you hear the disdain in my voice? Now, Rich is awesome. I remember the first time I met him. I actually met him with you. We were at NAMM, and we were oh, right. upstairs at some dinner party i mean not at the actual name but we were at some hotel and uh and yeah he just came in like a bolt of lightning (laughs) and there was so much energy and i was like dude i've been looking at drum gear for 12 hours straight how are you and i'm the guy that's always juiced up i'm like how are you bringing this much heat right now and yeah he's just a walking ball of energy really good dude and absolute everything that we talked about had a positive spin on it which was so nice because sometimes when you get into small groups, that's when all the crap talking comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, nobody's watching. What products did you hate? Yeah, it's yeah. like, can we not go down that road, please? <laughs> like, let's just talk about the ones we liked. And I remember everything that we talked about that night had a positive spin on it, which made me enjoy speaking to him. Yeah, and his story. So he's he's a cover artist for the December issue. So we kind of really dug into his whole story. It's the, I mean, it is the textbook story of someone who just went for it. I mean, he. He decided he wanted to be a professional drummer, and he just, he had to decide where am I going to move to because you have to be somewhere. So he can't had to be in L.A. or New York or Nashville. He said, "All right, I'm going to Nashville." And then he took every gig he could find, and you know, one connection led to another. Um, he realized that he needed to form his own rhythm section in order to actually kind of get more work and more sellable. So, which is crazy. I mean, what drummer would have the foresight to think, you know, what we could become so tight that a country star like Jason Aldean could just hire us. Yeah, and that's what happened for a while. He said that his rhythm section was whenever an up-and-coming artist would have to showcase for a label and then, you know, there'd be minimal rehearsal and they just wanted to have a professional presentation right away. they just hire Rich and his voice so they wouldn't have to worry about it. Wow. And, I mean, really, didn't that just happen most recently to Mark Juliana with yeah. with his uh, with, was it Donnie McCaslin's group? Yeah, with Bowie. With Bowie, yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Um, and and it makes actually quite a bit of sense that if you were an artist and you walked in the room and there was just this feel and you thought, 
no, I'll hire all of you. I'm yeah, not going to just band. go yeah. to tomorrow's gig and see if I can get a bass player and tomorrow's gig and see if I can get a guitarist. Like, I'll just – how about all you guys? And especially if you can tell these guys know each other, they have a vibe, they look happy playing together. I want that vibe in my band. So I think it was a brilliant move. Yeah, it's so rare. I mean I, I think about some of my favorite players I've ever played with and – we all just went our separate ways. Like my favorite bass player is in one state, and my favorite guitarist is in another state, and my favorite pianist doesn't even play piano anymore. He plays bass with another artist. I mean, it's right, right. It's just kind of like it's it's really impressive that they could keep that going and not have to. You know, the guitarist wouldn't like. Well, I got offered this tour. I'm going to go do that and see you guys in five, six years. They love they it. They became Aldine's band and going strong. So it's nearly twenty years at this point with as being wow. the backup band for Jason Aldean. Pretty impressive. Now, is there any way we can throw in some sort of audio so people can hear this dude groove? Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel, so go to, you know, you can search Rich Redmond's channel. He does he did do a lot of, like, session camera stuff and some live footage, so we'll drop in something here. Fantastic. Two, one. Redmond, just go to youtube.com slash user slash Rich Redmond and you can see his full page there. Tons of video content and like uh, Mike mentioned before, also some really cool drum cam footage stuff, which I think is always fun for us drummers to get a backseat. Right, It's almost like being a tech. We're right behind the kit and we get to see what these people really do for a living, how amazing it can be. Now, before we get into some amazing symbols from Peisty, let's take a break to get a word from our sponsor. Before we do that, I should mention that if you go to richribbon.com, he did create uh, an entire downloadable video series of a lot of session stuff, a lot of lesson stuff. So check it out. I mean, it's, it's Mike, good stuff. I set you up, bro. Uh, I mean, I really, I mean, I teed it up for you. And now, you know what? Guess what? Now here's a break from our sponsor. Here's crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Special thanks to Focusrite for sponsoring this episode. They wanted to remind you that if you're looking to set up your own recording setup, it doesn't need to cost a billion dollars. You can get the Scarlett 18i20 interface, which has eight mic pre's built into it. It also has... It can be expandable via ADAT light pipe, so you can get you can add like a Scarlet Octopre, which will give you eight more channels. That's sixteen channels of mic pre's. That's really all you should ever need, um, and that that I believe is under I don't know the prices. I should have looked it up. It's unbelievably affordable. I think those two things together is under like thirteen hundred bucks, fourteen hundred bucks. Wow. I'll confirm that. Um, Scarlet again, Focusrite Scarlet range is the best selling range of USB interfaces in the world so that work with any computer. You should definitely, um, if you don't have a setup, you should consider it because I know I've seen the greatest amount of growth in my individual plan by recording myself and being completely dejected by how bad I sounded for a long time. And each time it got a little bit better, a little bit better. <laughs> nice. That's a, I actually uh, have used since almost the beginning. The Mike'sLessons.com live streaming has always gone uh, from whatever board i'm using or interface i'm using and then into one of their scarlet 212s or 2i2s all oh, right um so i've always used it it's never let me down 
So the 18i20 is $500, and the Octopri is about that same price. Let's look it up. It is, there's two different versions. So that is, um, yeah, so that's another $450 roughly. So you're getting a 16 channels of really nice, clean uh, mic channels for under, you know, whatever, with tax, 1200 bucks. That's amazing. Pretty Absolutely amazing. amazing. All righty. Well, let's get into the candy. Peisty. It's not pasty. It's not paste. (laughs) Please don't do it. My longtime tip for all of you that don't know how to pronounce a drum company's name is call them, listen to how they answer the phone, and then hang up. Oh, man. I interviewed uh, one of my all-time heroes, Marky Ramone, years ago, and we were talking about his setup. He's like, yeah, I love pasty symbols. I love the giant beat pasties, but I keep breaking them, so i got to use the roots. You're like, I love you, well, Marky. maybe you should stop getting the knockoffs. <laughs> Get the Pisties. They're way better than the pasties. <laughs> it kind of worked for him because he's, you know, he's Marky Ramon. He's... Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and I guarantee he would have said Tama. He'd oh, like, yeah, I yeah. I love my Tamas and my, and my pasties. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. All right, uh, so, so I reviewed this, the Masters. So the Masters series has been, you know, I think it started out just as ride symbols, and they've just been expanding it gradually over the years so most recently they added two splashes an eight and a 10 inch dark splash a 22 inch dark crash ride and extra thin crashes 18 19 and 20 inch extra thin crashes nice uh you know one thing i really like about even just looking at the splash is that peisty makes the symbol in the best sounding possible way rather than taking the exact process that was done on the 22-inch ride and saying, make a 10 of that. Yeah. They don't do that. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the 20 or the, I'm sorry, the 10-inch dark splash looks nothing like it's even from the same line as the 22-inch ride. Yep. But but they are, and that's because Pisces is trying to get the best-sounding splash possible regardless of process, and so I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, they're called dark, but these, when I, as soon as I hit them, like, that just sounds like splash. Like, if you looked up splash symbol in the dictionary, it would be these, too. It just <laughs> right. sounded right, sounded perfect. Kind of vaudeville, well, kind of bright, um, you know, simmery. Uh, so in the video, I've got... Um, I've got the splashes and the crashes all set up at once. So you're going to hear the three crashes and then the two splashes. Diddlemania. That's so funny. Looking at like your uh, Instagram content, my Instagram content, I can always tell when we're preparing for something because things just get a little bit sassier. It's like, dude, I'm in, I'm in full clinic mode right now. Uh, downtime. It's like, check out my quarter notes. All right, so yeah. I, I think you said it perfect. They just sound like, like the. I mean, that's kind of what Peisty has always done, right? They make clean, amazing symbols that when you're in person right in front of them, you feel like you're in a studio. Yeah. They just sound like yeah. studio symbols. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm really interested in this 22-inch uh, dark crash ride. Uh, so can we check that out? Yes. Yeah, so if you look at it, this one is looks like it's kind of funkier. It's been beaten up a little bit heavier. Right. All right. Let's take a listen.
Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those where normally I hate when something's called a crash ride. This literally does both. You can smash it if that's what you need it to do, or you could play jazz on it. You could play a gig in almost any genre, I think, and just use this symbol. Maybe not if you need a real pingy ride. It's not going to do that. But, but man... It's so hard to do that and then still have character. There's this overtone in that symbol that I can't say that's a K, that's a minor extra dry, that's a Sabian vault. Like I, It's got character, and that's the one thing that I'm always looking for is I want it to do all the things it said it was going to do, but is there just one little thing that tells me that I don't have your symbol? I've yeah. got mine. And, uh, that, that's that, true. Man, that symbol's amazing. And what it does... I guess this is kind of the Pisces thing. They remove all the, the bad frequencies. Normally, when I play a cymbal of that size and that amount of hammering, there's inevitably some kind of hum, like a low-mid hum that, you know, you don't want really to hear it when you're playing in context, but you put a microphone on it, and all of a sudden you're like, what is that overtone? This doesn't right. have it. I don't know how they do it. It's some, some phantom magic they got going on over there. That's in Switzerland. <laughs> they swing it by the Rolex factory and have them uh, dial it in. Uh, man, it's it's gorgeous. So definitely check these out. Now, these are full-blown professional symbols, so just know the cost will be reflective as it should be. Uh, this is uh, as high as it gets. So amazing stuff. Check out the 8- and 10-inch dark splashes as well as the 22-inch dark crash ride and the 18, 19, and 20 extra-thin crashes. Those extra-thin crashes I think are very non-style specific. They just sound fantastic. They're yeah, clean, and again, they're crashes. called extra thin, but I didn't feel like they were fragile in any way. I mean, they would cool. they would handle pretty much any style. I mean, again, extreme situations, no, but for of course, general use, sure. they sound great. Love it. All right, well, now it's time to get into y'all's questions. All right. That was a tough word to get y'all. out. First one y'all. is from Juan. Um, my question is not directly about drums, but rather I have a question about teaching. I privately teach several instruments, and I want to step up my game and be a better teacher. Do you guys have any resources you could point me point me to on how to improve as a teacher? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say you should subscribe to Mike Johnston's website and model your delivery after him, <laughs> and then you're good to go. And, you know, not blowing smoke. It might get awkward, but literally... I think Mike has got the the art of delivering education in a fun, informative, not goofy, but still casual way. Um, it's dialed in. So just mimic him, and you're good to go. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, I am going to be doing a teaching camp next year. So we will bring in eight teachers from around the world that want to improve their skills at delivering information as well as their on-camera skills as well as their video editing skills. So we're going to have a whole week of building up your ability to be an educator on a digital level as well as a person-to-person level. But I would say this. I do recommend a lot of our private teachers that have signed up for Mike's Lessons. I always tell them, go back through the beginner courses, but don't do them as a drummer. Do, study my delivery of how do I teach dotted notes? How do I teach – how do I make the boring things fun? Um, because once you're into the fun stuff, teaching kind of comes naturally because you're so excited yourself that you're working on this stuff with your student. Yeah. It's really how do you deliver the boring stuff and how do you explain – what a rest actually is and the duration of a note on a drum that has no duration. That's a tough thing to explain to a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I just say, just watch my explanations on that and then jack them. They're yours to have. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next one is from Ward. Uh, I'm a longtime subscriber to Modern Drummer and I have a question about Joe Morello's cymbals. What was the make size and rating, uh, I guess, thickness of his principal ride cymbal? 
Uh, there was a documentary made recently on that symbol. So it's on YouTube. It what? was published in February. Memphis Drum Shop produced it. So search Joe Morello, the Take 5 symbol documentary. It ha- it's a nine. It's a 10-minute video that goes into the whole backstory. The one thing they don't do is take the symbol off the wall and play it. But all you have to do is listen to the Dave Brubeck record, Time Out. Uh, yeah, the Time Out album or Take 5, the song in particular. It's that simple. It is a Zildjian... Uh, 20 and 1 eighth inch so it's a 51 centimeter ride symbol from the 50s it's it's a, basically an A the weight is 2192 grams so 2192 grams I think it's like an A medium or maybe if you want to try an Avidus 20 or 21 it's going to get you close to that sound but in particular it's a 1950s small stamp Zildjian A there you go sweet potato pie alright next Okay, our last one is from Derek. Says, I'm looking to purchase an affordable ride cymbal in the $200 or so range that gives a classic rock funk sound. Uh, more on the washy side of the spectrum, but still has stick definition. I currently have a Zildjian 20-inch rock ride and love the sound, but when I play with various bands that play older genres, it doesn't quite fit. So he's mm-hmm. looking for something that would work, and it looks like a more of a blues kind of a vibe, Delbert McClinton style. Um you know, it's, we're in a Zildjian mode. Get a Zildjian 20-inch medium. I, I, I'm i always shocked when I forget how good that symbol is. It's like I put it and away. It? It's just a regular medium ride. Okay. And it just sounds great. It sound you can make it, it sounds like Philly Joe if you want to play bebop on it. It sounds like Joe Morello. It sounds like surf rock. It sounds like, right. I mean, it's just a good symbol. Um, I have the rock ride, and I use that only when I'm playing really hard rock. So gotcha. even just a 20-inch medium is going to be way more washy and expressive but still be within that same family of what you're used to beautiful so i would think a 20 inch medium of any any brand would be the way to go all right boom that's, that's it we're done no more questions. by the way to everyone out there we apologize this is a shortened episode and we've been kind of flying through these things but i've got an actual adult business meeting hey yo what is that can you tell, can you tell that i wore my good hoodie today <laughs> <laughs> well i mean given that you're a personality <laughs> oh i don't think this one's gonna go away oh god please podcast listeners don't don't do it don't walk up to me in Germany, when I'm there, and be like, "How's the personality?" You need anyway, you need a caricature on a print screen mm-hmm. T-shirt. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, it's time for our picks of the week. God, oh, I'm just, just jealous. Never I'm goes away. Uh, yeah, you want to be a personality? All right. Um, so, uh, picks of the week. My pick of the week this time is something that I'm going to be going hog wild recommending to my students. I know how intimidating video software can be. And if you have a Mac, you probably have iMovie. Or if you paid for something extra, you have Final Cut Pro. If you have a PC, maybe you paid for something extra and you got Adobe Premiere. You get into those things and you're like, this is not... I just want to make a simple drum video. Can I just cut off the end in the beginning, have a fade in, fade out, and maybe tweak the colors without having to learn a bunch of language? 
Adobe has just come up with a brand new program called Adobe Rush. And it syncs with your mobile devices, with your computers and everything. So you can be editing on your phone. And then when you get maybe to work, it's right there. And those edits will be there for you on your computer at work uh, as long as you have the program installed. But it's very affordable. I think that you can try it for free. So just try it out. Uh, but it's $9.99 a month. You don't have to get Photoshop and Lightroom and After Effects and everything. But one thing that I love about it is it's, it's GarageBand for video editing. Hmm. Pretty awesome. much, they just and the and it's really hard for me to use because they made the lingo the way that I would have needed it ten years ago before I got into video editing. So, mm-hmm. whatever you think, if you haven't done a lot of video editing, whatever you think something should be called, that's what it's called, and it's just <laughs> it's drag and drop. And the other thing that's amazing about it is, uh, I'm sure you know, Mike, because you make videos all the time. You know what rendering is, right? We take yeah. the video and we have to render it into some form, and then we upload it. Well, in Adobe Rush, it, when you press render, you can just render it to YouTube, render it to Facebook, mm-hmm. to Instagram. So you don't have to put it onto your desktop and then send it somewhere else. You can That's if cool. you want, but you can just throw it straight to whatever platform you want. So this thing couldn't be easier. You can do multi-cameras with it. You can do all the crazy stuff. It's They just kind of dumbed it down, and I think it's amazing. So it's called Adobe Rush. It's definitely what I'll be using uh, on the road on my mobile devices because it's so much easier than trying to use um, a big video editing software program on a phone. That's so. great. I mean, my I always liked iMovie for simplicity, but the fact that you can only do one camera angle just drew me insane. It's like, yeah, come on. Give me, give me that one extra feature, and it would be exactly what I and, need. Honestly, just like Instagram, this has filters built in. So if you know, like, I don't know, I just want it to look, and, and they don't have whatever that sepia or sepia that you know. That's like the you get black and white and sepia, and it's yeah. like well, I'm not going to use either of those. <laughs> this one is more like Instagram. It has usable features, and the one thing I've never seen is all the filters that you throw on in video have a slider of how much of that do you want. So mm. you put the beach look on, and then just drag it down just to get like the tiniest bit of orange and teal to pop on it. It's Pretty cool. Really digging it. Awesome. Well, my pick of the week is um, I think we might have reviewed it on the show years a year or two ago, but I don't I don't think I'd use it in this application. So LP makes these. Uh, they have this raw series of percussion accessories, and they called them sound enhancers. I think. So they're like little attachments that you can stick onto a drum. There's one that's a shaker. There's one that's tambourine. But the one that I'm using now is the snare wire fan. So it's basically half of a snare wire assembly connected to this plastic bracket that has a magnet on it, so it'll stick right to the rim. I'm actually putting it on the bottom side of toms, and it sounds it turns them into like African drums. It's super cool. I I saw that uh, that was yesterday that you posted an Instagram video with that. Right? Yeah, so you can turn a floor tom into really cool. it. Sounds like an old colonial marching drum, kind of like a broken colonial marching drum. It's, <laughs> it's kind of funky and rattly. Uh, I think they're like fifteen to twenty dollars. Um, I would recommend it. It's just super fun. I've been looking for a way to turn drums into snares without having to do anything permanent or without having to like tape stuff or whatever. And I forgot I had this thing, so I just stuck it on the bottom of the floor, Tom, and it was like instant marching drum. Uh, so it's called I the. It was awesome. It's the LP Sound Enhancer Snare. I think is what they're calling it. Do you hear that? That sounds like an outro groove. <laughs> you got me with that twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop calling me a personality. Oh, man. So our outro beat is from Arlo. He's over in Germany, and this is actually a song. So he wanted us to check out part of a song that he says 
I recorded the entire song by overdubbing. Um, it's now, are you sure his name's Arlo and not Arlito? It says Arlo in his signature. Okay. Arlo Everling. Okay. There we go. Is it Arlito? That's what it is on the track. I just want to make sure that you know people <laughs> understand that he's an artist. We don't just you know we don't just start chopping off you know letters. Oh, man. Well, right. Arlo Arlito <laughs> is playing Time to Kill, and it's a fantastic outro. So thank you so much. Everyone, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. I think I'll have to look at my schedule. We might be visiting you from Spain, Germany, Poland. Uh, but either way, we'll have a great time. So get in a ton of practice. You can tag us, tag Modern Drummer in stuff that you post, tag Mike's Lessons in stuff that you post, tag Mike Dawson, and we would love to see what you guys are working on. And until next time, later. See ya.